Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 101. I'm Killian Vina. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week's episode is all about lessons from over 20 years of slum marketing. And for the second time ever on Forest FM, we're recording this one live from Inside Forest in Dublin's head office. Joining us on the show today are David Lindy, co-owner of Headlines, the salon, Christian Tognini from Tognini Hair and Skin and Body, and Forest's very own VP of Marketing, Connor Keppel. So, grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Yeah, a bit of a diverse one, so I'm hoping everyone's going to be okay with the accents. Like we said, we've got David from the States, We've got Christian from Australia, myself and Connor then from Ireland, we're basically <laughs> Dublin, yeah. and then Zoe from Canada, so <laughs> yeah, good mix. Goodness, wow, yeah. great mix. Worldwide. Exactly. Worldwide, yeah. All in neutral ground here in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to kick it off, so? Yeah, so we'll just get straight in. So, as we've already mentioned, we're live here at Inside Forest. This is our second year doing this, and really good attendance. Um, I suppose... Why did you guys come along today, other than obviously being in, on the podcast? Why did you feel it was important to be here today? Okay, I'll kick it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's um, not only learning more about Forest. Um, Forest is very new in Australia. Uh, I believe it's been there since July. So for me, learning a lot more about Forest itself and the new products and features that are coming, but also to meet everyone that's here as well. I think that's really important as salon owners that you talk to other salon owners because people have often the same problems that you are or mm -hmm. face the same sort of things that you need to do. People have really good ideas, really good <coughs> strategies that you can take back home. So that's why I'm here, to network. Cool. Yeah, same for me. I, I really was excited about not only coming to Dublin, but meeting people on this side of the world and finding out if they shared the same challenges and, and things that we do in the States. Mm -hmm. um, as well as I was just excited to come to Forest here and see what this is all about and learn more about the software, which I find just so exciting. You guys are doing amazing things with, with your software. So are we living up to the expectations with the office over here? <laughs> yes, <you are>. <laughs> <laughs> beyond, beyond. It's a really cool office. Yeah. Well, I suppose for Connor, he had no choice. He had to work today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the show properly, like obviously our listeners are going to be wanting to know a bit, a bit more about you guys. We had, a, we thought we'd do a little fun challenge or a little game here. Yeah, we said we'd mix it up a little bit because we've only paid the sound guy for an hour. So we're going to get you to introduce yourself using an elevator pitch. So we're going to do 30 seconds, a little bit about yourself, the salon you're from, and I suppose your journey to today pretty much. So I think you've got a timer, don't you? Which I is do. already on a minute and a half. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, do you want to go first? 30 seconds? Sure. And go. Okay, so uh, I got in this business uh, 20 some odd years ago because I was married to a hairdresser previously. So that's how I started to learn about the business. I'm a graphic designer so and marketer, so I was already I'm <coughs> um, interested in sharing some of my talents with the salon industry, and I'm running out of time. Um, I also, <laughs> I, so I got with Gail, um, I got with Gail a while back, and uh, um, 
It's all right, time's up. So much for the elevator pitch. So elevator pitch fast. Saved by the welder. Right, Christian, do you want to stall as well? or? So I'm Christian Tognini from Australia. have a salon called Tognini's. Since implementing Forest in September, we have had over 650 five-star reviews. At the moment, we currently run with our client base at 5.0 average client reviews. So we believe that our customer is number one, their journey is super important. We also have another brand that's called Little Off The Top that's an education company. We have eight educators working for us. We do, uh, four seconds, we do work, <laughs> in, uh, we do work in the States, uh, Australia, Scandinavia, UK, and we have another brand that's a men's hair loss brand called Joe Blow, and that's sold worldwide in 10 countries at Don't. the moment. Just, just in time. Just in time. <laughs> you can what do it for Connor. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you ready? Uh, sure, yeah, go. <laughs> so my name is Connor, I work in Forest. Um, so yeah, started in agriculture and marketing years ago. Uh, fell in love with marketing for small businesses. And I think uh, marketing a product and doing marketing for small businesses is different than anything else because you actually can make an impact in their life and mm -hmm. you work with people who on, on a day-to-day -day level. Whereas if you market corporates, I, I just, yeah, that's not me. Joined for six years ago as the first marketer and here we are today. So. There you go, just on time. Yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. You've yeah. Yeah. good. <laughs> Obviously a challenge when you start working at Forest. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we'll recap your elevator pitches with one sentence. What's your claim to fame? David. Uh, and it can be something funny as well. On your practice of this earlier. 12, 12. <laughs> we've, been, uh, we've been a top salon for, salon today, top 200 for 12 years. Wow. wow. Ooh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> Um, I, don't, I don't have any claims of fame. I think uh, I played Gaelic football for Australia. That's a good one. Uh, so there's 32 counties in Ireland and I'm from like the second smallest county. And when I was like 16, I won the under 18s table tennis championship in my local county. <laughs> <laughs> you did, little did you know there was a star among you. <laughs> You know, when you, turn, yeah. when you, you know you can upgrade when you turn 18 now. When you turn 21, it turns from yeah. table tennis to beer pong. How yeah. are you? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I quit just before I went pro, yeah. We thought he was joking about this. We played last year. He destroyed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst lunch ever. <laughs> but, um, all right, so we've broken a bit of the ice. This today is kind of, I suppose, talking about marketing lessons you've had over the last 20 years. Because like Google itself has only just gone on to its 21st year. The average age of any social media accounts at the moment is like, what, 12 years? So what were you guys doing, having been in business for the last 20 years? What were you doing before any of this? Like someone that opens the salon today, they've got access to all these tools. How did you do it when you started out? Marketing. God, I think that uh, I was doing email, email blasting and that's, that was a big thing for us. And then putting flyers everywhere and doing grassroots marketing, that's, that's all you really could really do. I mean, that's how we were getting clients. So with email, were you using any provider or platforms or was it like AOL or what was it, a, a God, Hotmail or something? Long time ago. I don't I think, know, I'm not that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're still around. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I think it was like Constant Contact or something so archaic like that. Like that. I hated every bit of it. It was just, it was so clumsy. <laughs> but. That's all we were doing. I mean, yeah. and and word of mouth and networking, you know, that, that's the thing. Which, like, actually still today is super important. Like, so, yeah. yeah I some mean, things that stick at the I end think of the day. for me, I believe in, in layers and layers of marketing. You know, I don't think one thing 
gets people in the door. I think that if you utilize all the technology and utilize all the things you can, you can still bring in lots of clients, but you've got to diversify. Yeah. That's my belief. And how were things in Australia back then? Uh, so it was very similar. We had flyers, we did direct mail. Um, we had uh, advertisements in newspapers and campaigns through there. We did um, campaigns on bus shelters and things like that to, to get clients. But always for us, our number one way of getting clients and still is today is word of mouth. Yeah. It's and through your reputation of your salon. So you can market whatever you want out there, but if your team is not doing what you're saying, they, that it, what you're putting out to the world, then that, that's, you're never gonna keep clients. So reputation and word of mouth was, has always been strong for us. So that's how we, that's how we grew our business from the start. And Connor, obviously you, you're from the marketing industry. Like how were things when you actually got into the industry? Yeah, what were you doing at the time? Do yeah, it was 2007. So um, I actually started in PR specifically. So mm -hmm. it was mainly a lot of direct mail, a lot of email marketing, uh, a lot of schmoozing journalists. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, I mean, it was all just the regular like older school channels, but they're still really effective. And I think it's yeah. like David says, it's like, you know, it's layers upon layers upon layers, it's different touch points. Uh, so all this new stuff is amazing, but I think the, the thing that has remained constant uh, throughout the entirety of marketing is like quality and trying to cut through the noise and being genuine. And Christina Kreitel talked about it yesterday in terms of you know having a genuine brand. Um, so yeah, but I, I would have done a lot of events, a lot of direct mail, a lot of PR, and yeah, that's kind of where I started. So it's, it's, it's been a big transition since obviously in the last few years, course, but yeah. I think people tend to get too obsessed with marketing channels. So it's amazing, like it was Instagram and all these really cool things happening, but they are just tools. And it's like you as people and what you do and what you provide is regardless mm -hmm. of what channel you do, that's actually what kind of cuts through the noise. So um, the, the, the channels will change, but the techniques and what's behind them doesn't necessarily change and that kind of remains constant. Well, that actually leads into my next question. So as, you know, salon owners, you, you're b both your salons have been open, you know, since um, since before the even the arrival of Google, for instance. <laughs> I mean, no, but it's true. It's it's mad to think about that. Those are big changes. Like they've really affected the way the world works today, you know? So how do you, how did you like, what was your kind of mindset? How did you stay relevant from moving from like that to going through that massive change, you know, and getting to, to, to still be relevant today, you know, in 2019. I think for, for us, our, our salon's based on, is a lot of education too. So the way that, that we market to probably hairdressers as such to come and work for us is through our education. So they know if they come to us, they're gonna get educated. So then with the consumer, that, that part of it hasn't changed. So you're still giving the service, you've still got that analog touch point, which is the client. So as long as you're doing good things with your clients, I believe that you'll always have a clientele. You may not have the hippest clientele from because this new person started doing and have a thousand photos of balayage, that's not your clientele, but that's their clientele. So we've always had our, our ideal customer and we've always marketed towards that. So I mean, for us, that's how, I don't know. That's, that's how you that's, manage it's, everything. It's, it's, yeah. it's how we do everything. So it still comes back to that service that you provide in your salons. Mm. And Christina was talking about that yesterday as well, about yeah. that ideal client, and we've done an episode too. So how did you go about finding your ideal client? Was this kind of like what Christina was saying yesterday, is like me, I'm my ideal client, or did you have to dig any deeper in research? And 
Uh, we did um, we did some research. Uh, we did with a third party. Um, I did it with a, a head of marketing for Coty actually. So for we stock Weller, and they came in and um, did a session with us, and um, which was fabulous. And the person that was heading up their marketing used to head up Woolworths. So which she talked a lot about ideal customers, and then basically broke it down for the salon. So our ideal customer is her name's Isabella. She's thirty. She has one child. Uh, she's fashion conscious. Um, she has a social conscience. Uh, she wants to be seen in the newest places. She has disposable income, but she knows where to spend it. So she loves quality, but it doesn't have to be brands. So everything that we do and everything that you project out there needs to fit that lifestyle, what was like Christina was saying yesterday. So my ideal is not clients, not me. I don't have a barbershop. <laughs> I probably don't want my ideal client to be me, but I think it's fantastic if you've got that. It, you, you know, and I know at Forest, you guys have an ideal customer. So coming here and talking to everyone with salons, it's actually like talking to someone that knows exactly the same issues, the same challenges, the same problems, but also has the same rewards and wins too. So it's not just, you know, you haven't got someone at an A and a Z level, everyone's forging forward to do the same thing. Yeah, you're not casting a net out and just hoping to capture everyone. It's like more fine-tuned targeting. I think Paddy, he was sp speaking about this earlier, about the Instagram. It's not just creating an ad that's going to target 30,000 people in your area. It's 30,000 of your ideal clients. So Absolutely. it's moving forward with that technology. So kind of bef with the transition of uh, social media and stuff like that, how did you adopt to it? Like, did you have to go and do courses or did you just like set up a Facebook business page and kind of wing it, go for it? <laughs> You know, um, for us, we, we knew we had to get into Facebook. We knew we had to get into social media. So we started a lot of education for ourselves and for our staff, saying that this is what's going on. Because we do monthly staff meetings, and part of that communication is, is letting them know what's next, what we should be doing, how we should be going after our, 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 ideal, our ideal client, um, like he was talking about. And we just knew we had to transition into it. And so now we have, we have a whole social media um, group of people that that's what they do every day. And um, we have a leader that leads them all that makes sure that Instagram is always moving, that we have stuff on Facebook, that we have stuff on YouTube. <coughs> it's, it's what we do today. Those social media people, are they part of your salon or is yeah, that outside? Part of the, they're part so of the salon. You basically give your, your team kind of opportunities to start working other areas of the salon as well. Yeah, and it's part of how we how we grow as a team is yeah. that we give them more and more opportunities. Everybody likes to do not only hair or, or skin, but they also like to be involved in the salon and, and do other things that excite them. Yeah. So we kind of find that out through learning about our team members and, you know, what else do you like doing? And, oh, my God, I just love doing photos. And so we let them run with that stuff. Helps them grow as people. That's great, yeah. Would you have a similar structure in your salon at the moment, or? Um, yes, yeah, similar. So there's people that do do social. the social media as well. Mm -hmm. um, we have a WhatsApp group, if people use WhatsApp here. Um, so basically all the staff send the photos to the WhatsApp group. From there, there's someone that curates those, those photos and uh, it all gets loaded into Hootsuite. And then from there, um, basically myself and my brother normally go through the Hootsuite and uh, and then curate the Hootsuite from there. So it's almost like as a business owner, using Hootsuite as something like your P&L where you're looking at a report and seeing what your staff are doing. So it's not just an absolute free for all. Right, right. So Connor, I know like you're the head of marketing here. 
what about for you when you got into marketing would you do be doing quite a lot of traditional marketing or would you just like myself and yeah. Zoe jump straight into the digital um, a little bit of both. So I think, like, I kind of, I guess, came out of college about 2007. So Beeble uh, was the European, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been kind of MySpace probably in, in, in the US. So I Whoa. did a bit of that from a business perspective. It wasn't really used that much from a business perspective. Um, I, I, yeah, I did everything. I did all the traditional channels. What was kind of bigger at the time, really, um, and was kind of coming into vogue, I guess, for marketers at the time, was a lot around search engine optimization. So it had been there for a lot longer, but this was kind of becoming a required skill set, I guess, for a marketer. Um, pretty terrible at it, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but um, And websites as well. So I know it sounds really silly these days, like say, you know, websites important. It sounds obvious, but um, the experience and trying to push that traffic towards a website and it just became really, really important uh, as well. So I guess trying to figure out how to use a content management system, how to actually like not just put everything on your website, but to think about like the journey from a user's perspective, like why are they coming to your website? Mm -hmm. What are they looking for? Uh, often less is more. So they were kind of the digital things at the time. Um, Instagram, not so much and all that. That was <laughs> well pre that, but uh, yeah. but yeah, there was, there, was, there was a lot happening in the space at the time, but it was, it was very early doors, I guess. So we're seeing a lot of things obviously change very fast these days. Like there was even the rise of another new platform that everybody was raving about and kind of almost wanted to ditch Instagram for it. And then about two weeks later, it was dead, do you know? Um, we're seeing a lot of that and we're seeing a lot of like huge tech changes as well, just in the world in general. If someone was to open a salon today in this kind of era, what's the kind of mindset that you need to ensure that you do stay relevant in, you know, 15, 20 years time when, you know, there might be even, we might be seeing underground highways like the Elon Musk's underground, underground highways and stuff. There's stuff that we can't even imagine that's going to happen. Big changes. How do you, like, what's the kind of mindset you need to, to keep going, to build an evergreen company, I suppose, or brand? I think um, I still go back to that, that customer service point yeah. of view. Like, that's, it's the, it's the one profession that you actually get to touch someone. So that's not, <laughs> I can't see that changing. Yeah. Anytime yeah. soon. So all the rest of the noise that happens around that, you still have to make sure that that person's being looked after that's sitting in your chair every single day. And then it goes back to marketing towards your ideal customer. If that's your ideal customer, the channels can change, like you were saying, Connor, as well. So if the channels change, you just have to realise where your ideal customer is looking at the channel and where you need to go is that's where it is. So if something comes along in five years' time that takes over Instagram, if that's where your clients are, then obviously you're going to learn about it and stay relevant and so use that. Yeah. Would you agree? I, I, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think as well, there's a shift. So people always like are, are talking about all the changes that are happening in marketing. I think a lot of the changes, believe it or not, in the last four or five years have slowed down a bit. So we have like Facebook, we have Instagram and the features change, but there isn't actually like a whole new set of channels launching. And the other thing that people are quite worried about as well is, um, I guess, a little bit on data privacy. So there's <laughs> a lot of controversy around the likes of Facebook and stuff at the moment. So I think, um, you know, marketing with credibility, uh, helping people understand how you're using their data, that kind of thing is, is going to become really, really important as well. So consumers and clients of salons are becoming much more aware about, you know, how you're marketing to them, yeah. the ads that are following them around on the internet and that kind of thing. So it's it's a really interesting time. It'll, I'm, I'm not sure there will be massive innovations in the next three, four or five years in marketing. I think it'll be more actually about around these brands trying to around credibility and data protection. So well, it'll we, be really interesting. Yeah, we did see that happen a lot last year with GDPR in, in yeah. Europe. Like, yes, yeah. massive, massive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you're having a conversation about a product and then you pull out your phone and you see the ad straight away. Yeah, like it's, it's good <laughs> yeah. and bad. <laughs> <because> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's good yeah. and bad because you're getting more targeted 
ads and content is better quality, yeah. but it's scary at the same time. That <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah. constantly seeing it. Yeah. It's great for marketers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I suppose just um, like marketing, it's all trial and error. There is no winning formula. Like anything that you do is probably going to work different for someone else. So what I'd love to know is what are like the biggest flops that you remember, and kind of what are the best campaigns that you remember? Biggest flops. <laughs> or most embarrassing, even. I know you it's have a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this question is designed just for me. <laughs> you so, do you? Yeah. Um, I've had lots. I've had lots of terrible marketing campaigns at the start. I think I, I, when I started out, I, I probably was kind of like, you, you know when you're sitting on the fence, you're like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Yeah. Let's just send out something. And again, coming back to data protection, I probably you know, hit databases I shouldn't have hit. I probably sent direct mail to people who didn't want it. Um, I've done a lot of that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know, if it's good enough, they'll really appreciate it kind of thing. And I think as I've gotten a little bit older and wiser uh, over the years, um, I've understood the importance of credibility and the under like the, the great marketing. And yeah. it's one of the best quotes I've ever heard. And, and from Steve Jobs, it's like, you know, if you're a truly great marketer, you will be saying no more often than you will be saying yes. So what you don't do is incredibly important from a brand building and credibility point of view, there's a reason you don't do something. And the more people get to know you as a brand, the more they realize you don't do this because you have credibility or because of who you are. Uh, so you don't serve a certain type of customer maybe, or you don't use a certain type of channel or you don't do a certain type of messaging mm -hmm. um, because it's not who you are. So not doing something is actually in itself almost marketing. Yeah. Um, so I've had, yeah, I've had some shocking campaigns. I think there was like one company, I won't get into too much details, um, <laughs> that I started the uh, in the early days and I basically sent out a letter uh, to a, like a prospect database and it was like an invoice. I right. was like a massive like figure on the invoice. And I was like, at the bottom, it wasn't actually like an invoice, it was like an opportunity cost. Like here's how much <laughs> it's costing our business not by not using our product. And I thought this was an amazing idea, but I got a phone call from one person going, She's really upset. She's like, I don't have the money to pay this. And I was like, no, you oh don't need God. to pay this. So, <laughs> so, uh, it was like, so uh, that was kind of where it was a wake, wake up moment. I think it's Warren Buffett that said it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five seconds to lose it. And I was kind of like, okay, mm. now I get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Mortifying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually felt really guilty. Yeah, it was terrible. But these are important <laughs> lessons you learn, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it you reminds me, out, of, yeah. reminds me of... Uh, of, uh, of well, we did several, God, five years ago, we just, we were going to do a, a marketing campaign and just, we're going to, we weren't even thinking about our ideal client. We got so caught up in, in this whole, and maybe it was 10 years ago, we got so caught up in this whole email marketing campaign and wanting to blast out to everybody that I bought a, a uh, database of, of like 10,000 people that, or I think it's 50,000 people. I just wanted to blast out to everybody. And so I blasted out this whole campaign and it was totally to the wrong segment of people. I didn't get one response Jesus. out of 50,000 <laughs> because I wasn't targeting anybody. I just was caught up in this stuff and just a massive waste of time. Yeah. But Crazy. And I think it happen. happens. Yeah, and I think it happens a lot. Like, and it's stuff that you learn over time. Yeah, like it's we've like all kind of done you it, learn those mistakes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, I think the most important thing is to learn from those mistakes actually because if if not like how how are you supposed to grow from it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and a campaign doesn't even need to be a flop like for it to be wrong. So you can get yeah. immediate results from some campaigns, but they do come at at, at the I guess the cost of your reputation. And the way I look at a brand, right. the brand is like a battery. It's like you either it's either charging or you're discharging it. So in other words, you're either using the juice or you're charging it. So every interaction that you have with a company is either building or um, diminishing your trust. Mm. 
So every time somebody has an interaction with something that you do from a marketing perspective, it, it has to be credible because you're always trying to build their trust. Mm-hmm. So even in times of like, you know, if you've been, we're looking to try and get more salons on board in a rush or you're trying to fill your appointment book, that's when we tend to get into panic mode and we will do things that maybe we regret uh, and they have a longer term effect. So even though you might get an immediate result or you might get a few people through your door or you might onboard a few more salons for Forest <laughs> or whatever, um, that can come at a cost of reputation. So you have to kind of think about it from a long-term perspective, which is difficult sometimes when you got targets and you got results and you got a business to run, you know? Definitely. Did you have any, or off the top of your head, um, maybe Christian, do you have like any heartwarming results from a campaign? And the same goes for both of you. Fully heartwarming. We, um, we run a campaign, um, we do a lot of charity work with a charity called Hair Aid. Um, so we ran a campaign in the salon that um, was, basically what Hair Aid do is, bring hairdressers to, it started off just in the Philippines, it's an Australian-run company, and they took hairdressers to the Philippines to teach underprivileged how to cut hair so they could make a living. So they go over for two weeks. So we ran a campaign to take, to raise money to take two of our staff members over to Hair Aid. And my God, it was, that was the most heartwarming thing. When your clients are giving money because they believe in not only the the charity that you're going for, but they believe in your staff and that that they can actually make a difference. For any campaign that we've ever run, that was honestly the best thing. Just people are so generous. And it was nice to see that you, as a company, decide to have a social conscience and support something, but your clients then get on the back of it and support it as well. And has your salon always supported a charity or is this only... It's, um, it's, it's quite new. We've always supported something. Yeah. Um, Hair Aid's probably been around for about um, three or four years now. So they've expanded from the Philippines to Cambodia. They do um, homeless hair cutting in Australia as well. So we go um, and uh, staff go every week to different missions and cut hair as part of their thing. So it's just the, the thing that we get behind. Um, it's actually a Brisbane lady, so my hometown started it. So... Yeah, we're fully behind it. It's great. Oh, and you've seen some yeah. really good results from things over there too. So they've, uh, they now, there's a, there's a massive ch- salon chain called David's in Philippines that takes on now, they look for the best of the best and people that they want to take forward. And then at the end of every time that they go over, so they do four waves a year, they will take people on and give them a job in the salon. So take them off the street and give them an actual job, which is, that's phenomenal. And you also work with charities, David. Yeah, we work. Yeah. We work with several charities. One of the biggest, uh, one of the best ones we've done was is one called Hello Gorgeous. And Hello Gorgeous uh, is a is a charity out of the Midwest that um, helps cancer victims uh, and celebrates them for a whole day in a salon. So it's a big surprise for for the woman that has gone through cancer and she's on the other side, but doesn't have a lot of hair left and so her best friend usually brings her in and it's a massive surprise of of, oh here you are and and you're going to get a day of pampering so um she gets a facial she gets her head washed she gets makeup um we usually uh there's a clothing store that um hooks up with us gives her several new outfits um then they meet at a restaurant that all of her friends are there and it's a big surprise and it's it's really something giving back to this person that's gone through a lot of change and a lot of things in their life that they're not too happy about and what's really cool about that is is this is that we started this just because a friend of ours had gone through cancer and um a local newspaper ended up hearing about it they ended up coming by and doing a story on it and then that led to um 
the uh, TV station picking it up, and it was really good for our whole community to see that we were giving back and we were helping these people, and now it happens just about every other month with us, so it's pretty It's cool. a really good initiative, yeah. yeah, and we've had someone on the show talk, talking about that, so there's actually quite a few salon owners out there now working with charities, so... Just even businesses in general, like even yeah, Forest, yeah. we do it in Forest, yeah. And we saw with uh, Joe Fairley talking about uh, fair trade, and mm-hmm. I think Ronan was talking about something as well, like it is just becoming more and more of like it's, it's just great to see businesses like this giving back because sometimes it does feel like it's all take 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 so it's just good to see you guys giving back to the community as well yeah i think i think our, our customer wants or our clients want to see that that we're more than just a hair salon yeah that you know we're part of the community and we like you said we like to give back and we like to be support other things beyond what we do yeah, it comes back to what uh, I can't remember who exactly said that yesterday. But like, if your salon was a person, who th- who would that person be? You know, it actually has a personality. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Cool. Well, look, I, listen. I think we're going to wrap it up because I know Paddy has his afternoon session now for the product. But just before we go, have you got what's one thing you're going to take home from Dublin now when you go home this weekend or this week? Uh, I reckon I've put on about five stone. Um, <laughs> I'll come home with a beer belly. And uh, no, I think um, some really great learnings, um, especially from yesterday. Um, fabulous speakers. Um, so some great learnings that you take back home and, and utilise within the salon. Um, but also just really great great friends that you've met too. I think that's really important. So for everyone that I've, that I've met here, thank you. And um, thank you to the Forest team. I've really enjoyed myself. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Long yeah. trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huge trip for you. <laughs> <laughs> like when, you uh, when you're really Australian, you get used to it. Everywhere <laughs> you go is a long trip. <laughs> it's a day everywhere. Yeah, for me, you know, um, I like like Christian said. I think that meeting people here was just a, a wonderful experience. Uh, yesterday was a great day of of learning so many things. One of the things I took away yesterday was. To, uh, I think it was from Joe, is to really focus on two or three things mm-hmm. and make sure that that's what you're really good at. Um, that was a little nugget I took away from yesterday, but being here and, and thank you again for having me and, and letting me see what, where everything's created here. It's kind of nice. Yeah, well, thanks you for all are amazing. Over, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Connor? This weekend, <laughs> I know. It's the fifth, no, what are you going to take away? It's the fifth edition. Like it's the fifth <laughs> year of the summit. Like how how do you feel about that? Yeah, it was great. Um, it was amazing to see Chester. Kind of every year walking, it's like, whoa, this is getting like so big in a good way. But um, look, it's it's always great to spend time with clients. And I think the one thing uh, that you always take away as a marketer, it's easy to kind of sit at your desk behind a computer, you know, dreaming up ideas. Um, and and there's just nothing beats talking to people who are using the products and talking to people who are in the industry uh, and learning from them. Um, so the thing that I always learn from the summits is the speakers are great, but I always learn way more from the clients than I ever do from the speakers. And uh, yeah, that was, was really good, really good. So I'm looking forward to next year and hopefully we'll, you guys will be back for it as well. Well, listen, thanks very much for joining us on the show today, guys, and hope you all had a great weekend. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank Ooh. you. Cheers. You're Thank very you. welcome. Thank you. So, listen, that's it for us today. Don't forget, if you know someone with a story who'd be great on this show, get in touch with us. And if you have any feedback, leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. We're, we honestly love feedback and we're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. <laughs>